Okay, after a long hiatus, we have another The Dell Show. Uh, probably would change the name. It's a little too uh, self-affirming there. I didn't mean for it to, but still dumb every time I tweet it. But, uh, but anyways, welcome to another episode of it. I have my good friend uh, Michael Nietzsche on with me this time. Uh, every time lately, it seems, which is great. Um, we really I enjoy his takes and everything. That's good stuff. They're not too hot, but they're a little warm, which is good. And uh, anyways, so we're going to jump into it. We're going to talk about the Bills, uh, how they uh, ended the 2016 season as gracefully as they did, and uh, how they are now boldly entering the, the off season to maybe they'll be champs again. That'd be great back to back. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, Tyrod and a little bit of the future of the team and all that stuff. But without any further ado, uh, what's up, Niji? Hi, Dell. How are you? <laughs> Good, man. It's been way too long since we did one of these. Yeah, it's almost like we've gone through another season, uh, another season of this without talking. Yeah, we probably could have just done the. Uh, I probably could have just reposted something from last year with some minor edits, and we would have. Been... Yeah, you could have done what you could have done what we did in 2015, and just said, "Here, this is it." <laughs> I still remember those. Like, oh, great, the, the Bills have a shot at Hugh Jackson. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still wouldn't have minded. I still would not have minded. All right, that's that's the guy I wanted. That's who I wanted yeah. back then. Yeah. People are gonna a lot of um, fans are gonna pin Cleveland's uh, abysmal season on him. I think that's completely unfair. But no, I think I, I think he knew what he was. I think he knew he, what he was getting into, and I think he's I think he's there for a long haul. He's, he's a good coach. And I think one you know they have all these picks, and then once they, um, you know, get get where they need to be with these picks and get these guys in, I think you'll see a, a, a little bit of a turnaround there. Um, I I I said it last. This past month or last when the Bills played the Browns, I thought Cleveland's situation was much better off than the Bills. I'm one who, who believes that, but mm-hmm. that's just yeah, well, like you said, all those picks—it's a nice setup. I mean, you saw what you know the Sabers did. Um, right. They're still in the middle of it, but having all those right. picks allowed them to acquire some yeah. parts now. And, you know. and where and where the Browns are picking—they're picking first and twelfth this year. They're in a good spot where they have so many picks, so many assets. Where if they wanted to. They could easily get back into the top ten without losing. I mean, they can trade their, a second and a third and still have another second and a third in their hand because I think they have two of those this upcoming draft. So they can easily get back in the top ten to grab a, a quarterback after they presumably take uh, Miles Garrett from Texas A&M with the first pick. So the Browns are set up. So it could be a point where you could see a situation in this draft where we're getting way ahead of ourselves. It's only January, but you could get a situation where the Browns get their guy at one, then the builders sitting there at ten. Those two safeties that are being talked about, Malik Hooker and Jamal Adams, they could be gone. And oh, by the way, the Browns could jump the Bills to get a Deshaun Watson. So then now, what happens? See, this is what happens now because when you're the when you're the Bills, this is what happens in the draft. <laughs> it never seems to go. You're a top ten pick. To get the three guys that they could want will probably or could be all be gone by the time they pick. And the situation the Bills are in with 23 free agents and already you already traded your 2015 first-round pick. You want to now lose another first-round pick by moving up in the top five to get a quarterback? I don't think they can do that because they need, they need to attain draft picks, not give up more draft picks. They can't give up another first-round pick to move up four or five spots. They, you know, they, they, so they, they're sitting there at 10. They really need to either sit there or – if it doesn't fall their way in the first eight picks, they got to think about maybe moving down a couple spots because they need picks. 
So yeah, and as Tim, I think it was I think it was Tim Graham, um, one of the stories he was hammering away at toward the end of the season against the Bills. Um, one of them mentioned how they have more money committed to the fewest amount of players in the league or something like that. So yeah. they're going to need they're going to need bodies. They need and bodies because we, you can't we, just get dudes off the scrap pile. I mean, although they, they exactly. did a great job of it this year with you know, yeah. Alexander and, and Brown, yep. but yep. That's, you're not going to have it every year. You know, not going to have it every year. And and a lot of people want Zach Brown back, but Zach Brown was is a is a second team All Pro, Pro Bowl alternate, who is going to get a lot of money in in the off season. And I don't know if the Bills want to tie up that much money in him. You know, I I, I know he'd probably be a starter, but that's a lot of money. Because now yeah, you have well, Gilmore, you have Gilmore to think of. You just, another thing, they're not bringing back Alexander. I think he, I think he's gone. I think a lot. Of, I, you're looking. This roster is completely different. This defense is look completely different in about three or four months. Completely different. I think, I think you're right. Let's 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 put a pin in that. I do want to talk about okay, sure roster right. turnover and the draft and everything. But um, let's let's just real quickly, without you know um, beating a dead horse, let's talk about the 2016 season. And as I mentioned, how gracefully it all came to a close, <laughs> and um, well, you know some of the fallout from that leading into the McDermott hire. Um, but uh, my thoughts, at least on the 2016 season, were. Um, and I, I, I say it cynically, and I don't mean to – well, maybe I do mean to come off. But I really think that Ryan kind of read it in the tea leaves a little bit. Like, this year may not go as well for me as I thought. Because he was saying, oh, the defense, is now it's fully pregnant. And, but they didn't drop Mario Williams into coverage as often as, you know, everybody would have had you thought, right. you know, in the, in the 2015 season. There weren't that many weird schematic changes um, – I mean, there were, but, like, not to the point where I feel like it was, like, over-reported or, or yeah. overdone. Um, and I, this is my conspiracy theorist or cynical or whatever, but, like, I really don't think that, you know, the 2015 defense was that much different than the 2016 defense. And he was banking more on the existing players grasping the scheme after having a full year in it than he was actually changing a lot of the concepts. Now, I say that not having broken down film like some of the right. dudes on Twitter are so good at doing. But right. um, So my point in saying that is, Part of me wonders if, like, his hiring of Rob Ryan was, like, you know, one last hurrah, you know, a chance to coach with his brother in the NFL. And oh, it, 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 it absolutely was. Yeah, and this it isn't going to – this may not last, but if this is my last shot, then I want to work with my brother after all these years. Or something like I that. Think I think that's – I think looking back, now being hindsight, being one of those, I think that's definitely what it was. I think he wanted to – I think he wanted a chance to coach with his brother. I think he knew going in that this could be his last year, that if – he, and he put all this. He put all of his, all of his cards in the middle, and said, "I'm, I'm all in because I know, <laughs> literally, literally, all, yeah, literally all in. I know that this is this could be. If this doesn't work out, this is my last year. But if it does work out, and we do have a great season and make the playoffs, I'm doing it with my brother. I'm doing it with every. I'm doing it with the guys who I want to be with. But if, I, if it doesn't work out, I'm with my brother. I'm with Ed Reed. I'm with guys I want to be with. So it was just either way, it, it worked out for him. I think yeah, it was like it was a win-win for him, and I think going back 2015, um, he, I think we, we look at Mario Williams that the dropping in the coverage, but he, Mario Williams proved. I don't want to say proved; that's the wrong word. Mario Williams, I think, knew that Rex Ryan, in his defense, just wasn't wasn't fit for the league in this in this era of football. That his style of defense was an old style defense that just. The teams picked up on it, and Williams knew this guy was just full of it, and that's why he, I don't want to say he quit mid, halfway through, 
but it just he Mario Williams knew that he had to get out of this because it just it wasn't going to work. I just I really believe that that he just knew that this. Now I'm not saying Mar, you look at Mario Williams did nothing in Miami. He was benched. He's trying to be cut again, but that was pretty telling that he just gave up on just gave up on it and just knew he just seemed like he knew that this wasn't going to work. And that rolled into this season where Jerry Hughes ha- ha- halfway through the season just completely and utterly disappeared. He just just disappeared. You need a award of him at the midway point of this past season. And even he was getting, you know, either agitated or annoyed at what this defense turned out to be. And it was just really, really bad. And I said it around New Year's Eve after Christmas. I said, with all the yards and all the points this defense has given up, I believe that Rob Ryan had more say in that defense than Rex Ryan did. And after everything, all the fallout, I want to hear beat my own horn, but I was right. But all the reports came out that Rob Ryan was the voice. He was the defensive coordinator. He had more say in that defense than anybody else. And you can tell that he did because it, the same thing happened in New Orleans, it happened in Oakland, in Cleveland, where these defenses at the end, they give up so many points and so much, so much yardage, just so much going on, it just doesn't work. It just didn't work. And he just, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's it's amazing too because it reminds me a, a little bit of the watch that scenario from a few years back. Not that the complication, but just these outdated schemes. And you know what? That scheme that they had probably, um, speaking of the Ryan's, it probably made more sense. And there's exceptions. You know, they did it did fairly well with the Jets early on and everything. Um, but it probably made more sense in the pre-free agency era where right. you don't have the roster turnover that you have um, yeah. in the NFL nowadays where right. you hire, I mean, you, you draft a dude and basically he's your indentured servant until you decide right. not right. with, you know, before free right. agency. And, I know and so in losing Ragland, I know it was big. That was big because he was mm-hmm. supposed to be their, you know, their middle, he was supposed to be their guy. And, um, and they went, and they, when you go a full season in 2015, and he went, they went half a season in this past, in 2016 without a first round pick playing on, on your team. You know, they traded you know, the one for Watkins for 15. That's big. I mean, that that, that yeah. just depletes, and that's why you're going after these. That's why you have to get Lorenzo Alexander's, which he worked out. You know, and he, and Zach Brown, which he also worked out. But still, that, that was a big. That's a that's just big. And then Darby taking a step, um, you know, regressing a little bit. He didn't have a great of a season. Gilmore started off really bad, but he came on toward the end. So, I mean, there's just so much going on. And, and I don't know, I, I just – the defense was just very – I don't want to say archaic, but it just – you can just tell it just wasn't – Too, too wasn't, many moving parts. Too many moving parts. Yes, way too many moving parts. Too much um, verbiage and, you know, too many reads. And you got to keep it simple. It all goes back to the kiss, the kiss method, you know. Keep it simple, mm-hmm. stupid. And yep, that's what absolutely. The, and the rest of the Ryan failed to do. They just did not keep it simple. It was very too smart for their own good. Right. Too smart for their own good, exactly. So, so that was uh, that was the season. And, and you know, real quick before we get into McDermott in a couple of minutes, like I did watch a little bit of the Rex presser following McDermott's presser, and dang it, I was ready to run through a brick wall all over again. <laughs> Dude. If that dude has a gift, it is definitely motivation. Now, motivation can't get you past all the crazy defensive concepts, but yeah, I, yeah, I got to show a little bit of love. That wasn't a press conference. I wish it, it had gone it, down in flames. 
eventually, but it, it was, was a epic, good. Yeah, it was epic press conference, and it was um, did get you fired up. I mean, look at when they hired Ryan, I was I was on board. I was like, all right, let's let's do this. Because here mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, I, here I'm thinking, okay, this guy's def- you know defensive um, mentality and his his, his lineage throughout the league was a great defense. So I'm like, okay, now look at the Bills have a great defense at 14. Now we're bringing him with Hughes and Williams and all these guys. And it just felt – he was just a carnival barker. He, that's all he was. Yep. And the Pagoulas fell for the charisma, the charm, and, and all and the talk. They fell hook, line, and seeker for it. Russ Brandon saw the, mar- the marketing on it. Like, this is a guy we can build, you know, build our marketing around. And, and they did. Tandem mm-hmm. bikes and eating dog biscuits, <laughs> jumping out of planes and, you know, Tops commercials and Dun Tire, the whole thing, and his truck. They, they fell for it. And they just – they ate up. They ate everything he sold. That they ate it up, and it just blew up. And it blew up in their face, which is fine. And yeah, maybe it's just a beginner's mistake. So you know, whatever. Right. It's it, it beginner's right. It's beginner's mistake for the owners, but for the general manager who's been around, and for him to have no say in that hire, we'll, we'll get, I know we'll get into that. But that to me, just says a lot. So. That was just, so, yeah. real quick side note before we do get into that, we'll transition into the, the 2016-2017 uh, transition. But uh, I am going to miss Rex Ryan selfishly. Uh, that dude could move T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being. I'm gonna keep it 100. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the uh, yeah. When we did the uh, the Buffalo Stores Rex a few yeah. years ago, that yeah. is still our best-selling shirt to date at 26 shirts. And uh, we did the uh, the tandem, the Bros for Life tandem bike shirt. We threw yeah. that together about uh, 30 minutes after that image hit social media back in June or July or whatever it was. And uh, we <laughs> we sold, uh, we outsold some full two week campaigns in the three days we had it available. So I will miss that. But yeah, and, and um, the, the, the bills, <laughs> the, the bills will miss it too on the marketing side because he was able, he, he can sell. And he, you know, and the Bills are gonna miss that also. Russ Brandon, those guys, that side, mm-hmm. that business side, will we'll miss that too. But he just was not a good. He he, he was an, he was a coordinator. Who who he was a. What's what I'm looking for? He was just a larger, larger than life character who was just, who was a, a, a who's always been a coordinator. Mm-hmm. Being being head coach was just too much for him. He was just he just stuck it as a coordinator, and that's it. I'm so excited to talk about McDermott with those comments. But okay, so let's yeah. just real quickly get into the whole front office, um, quote unquote, yeah. function of you know that has been going on. You know, I know Tara Pagula said in the article by Tim Graham yesterday that uh, took that as an insult, which I think that was fantastic. Probably, by the way, that article, <laughs> that, that article was fantastic. I mean, it, yeah. he, Tim Graham did a great job of asking the questions that we need that the fans I think wanted to hear, and you, he asked fair questions and he got fair answers. And um, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a really, that was really, really good. I'm glad it was. Uh, I'm, really, I'm really glad he did that. Yeah, I mean, Tim gets a, gets a lot of flack on Twitter, and I think he helps exacerbate it a lot of, it, oh, of course. It. But uh, he is a. I mean, Buffalo people may not realize it. I mean, I think a lot most people do, but some people may not realize it. That, you know, Buffalo is really lucky to have a reporter of his caliber. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, in, in the uh, in the media uh, sphere, yeah, his, whatever the word I'm looking for, but his article on um, his piece on Bjorn Nitmo was so good, so detailed. I, I didn't want it to end. 
I, I just mm-hmm. I, it left you like wondering, okay, now what? We're, you wanted more. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, and the Pagula's the the Pagula's um, article was great too because I'm I'm reading I'm reading the questions. I'm hearing his voice. Yeah, and you can you can hear kind of his tone, how he answer, how he asked the question. So I mean, that's another good thing about you. You can hear you can when you read him, you can read his, and hear his tone of how he asked the question, which made it even more. More more fun to read because you you can hear his tone, which was I thought was great. It was a great article, and it said yeah, a lot too. I mean, and, you know, it, it, a lot was said in there. Yeah, and well, kudos to him because he's able to change that writing style or do those different kinds of things well, uh, and no matter when he, how he does it. But also kudos to the Pagulas who faced the music a little bit. You know, they were criticized for only talking to uh, the Associated Press a few weeks ago yeah. and for not granting interviews uh, too often. Uh, and I think they did a really good job. With yeah. uh, Tim Graham, I didn't. I wasn't crazy about all the answers, but at least they provided answers. Um, yeah. You know, so kudos to them in terms of like, look, this is why we do the things we do. This is how we do it. Um, I don't have to answer that question. It's none of your business. <laughs> Fair, right. you know. And a lot of the things he, you know, uh, the answers that uh, they provided, I thought were, you know, they're valid. So I'm not 100% like I would say on board with everything they do, but I don't need to be. Like that's you know what I mean. Like right. I'm not a I'm not a, a robot. Yeah. None of us are robots. We just fall fall in line immediately, and we all have opinions. At the end of the day, though, it's like, all right, whatever method you want to use. And Pagula said it best. You know, we're not in here to win news conferences. We're in here to win games. So, right. you know, I thought that was I thought that was a pretty good um, right. well, point like, because yeah. he's not he's not right. great at interviews or, or no. news conferences. I don't mean that as a slight to him. It's just you know no. I may and, not be either. But you know. and but to I'll, I'll count that by saying, well, you haven't done well at either. You're not winning games, and you're not winning press conferences. Because when you hear him, yesterday I listened to him on uh, the John Murphy show, which, I mean, you know, he's getting softball questions here. Yeah. And he just is not comfortable behind the mic. It's like he has, he, he, he knows he has no filter. Like he knows he can just, he wants to just say, you can tell he wants to just like say it, but then he tells off at the end. There's no, no, I mean, like, there's no, he's not very aggressive when he's very just, very analytical. He he has, he has that engineer's mind where everything, he's analyzing everything, Uh and he wants to just, like, say it and just tell everybody that, you know, well, this is how, he wants to say what's going on, but he knows that he can't, and he just, you can tell that he, toward the end is, when he starts going off or talking, and then when he, when he wants, when he's ready to hit the point, he just kind of, like, stops. That's what I get from him. Like, he just doesn't know – he knows when to stop. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't do it elegantly. You know, yeah. Very just – Abrupt. A very, yeah, 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 very abrupt when he talks. What was it? There was one guy – I forget what it was, though, in the Tim Graham article where Tim quoted somebody said that. He said, who said that? Huh. Yeah. You know, just kind of funny. The Boston, like this, like, the Boston Globe. Yeah, the, when he, Boston, Boston Globe, yeah. Boston Globe said that? Huh. And then she answers, and then he comes back after thinking about a response um, – you know, like I said, Tim does a great job, but uh, in terms of I, I wish illustrating knowing, all that. knowing how he's not comfortable behind the mic, I wish they, I wish Kim would go up there. I wish like yesterday, which she she would have gone up there to introduce uh, McDermott and tell that would have went, or maybe have her. You know, when when she's on Mur- John Murphy and when, when she's on, you know, she she comes across, she sounds like an owner. The girl yeah. sounds like she just doesn't want to be there, and he gets. He's like forced out there. Like he has to do it. And I, that's what that's what it seems like. And well, he's I'm definitely. Sorry, but, 
But going back to the to, to the Whaley Prescott, he should he should have been there. And Sullivan was right for calling out Whaley, saying, "Where is the owner? Where, why are you by yourself?" Yeah, I think that uh, I think that he did a, a pretty good job of laying future groundwork um, in that interview with Tim Graham, followed up by um, the, the press conference. You know, outside of like the the state run radio by Rudy, yeah. but. Um, he did a pretty good job of laying groundwork for like, hey, listen, I'm okay. You know, I was out there for Rex. I was out there for when we bought the team. Blah 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 blah. All right, I'm. It's now it's my time to start settling into the background. I'm gonna have you know McDermott as the right. face. Yeah, I think he even called McDermott the face of the franchise uh, yeah. at one point or another. Um, McDermott and Whaley or whomever's gonna be the GM in the future. You know, <laughs> basically, yeah. I'm hiring people to be the face of the franchise. So they're trying to do that and. Uh, even Russ Brandon, like, he found a way to sneak into, like, some of the videos that they were showing uh, yeah. to his Twitter account. But, like, yeah. even Brandon was given a deliberate backseat, at least from the PR standpoint. I, I right. still think that now, there's, you know, something there. Now, but um, Yeah, oh, there's definitely something there. I, I, I've talked to, um, like, four people who, like, I, I'm, like I'm, I'm just like you. I'm just a fan. I'm nobody. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I have sources and stuff. But when you're on Twitter, you meet certain people, you talk to certain people, and there's certain people I've talked to who have told me to ignore what they say about Russ Brandon, and that Russ Brandon is more involved than they're going to let you believe. And there was one person who told me that he was in on the McDermott interview, that he was there for that. And it, that it leaves me a little bit unsettled. Yeah, well. That just, I, that to me is not how it should work. And for him, for Pagula, to shove Whaley out there by himself, well, for that, let's go back. For them to fire Rex Ryan, release a, a, a press release, then to throw Anthony Lynn to the Wolves during Jets week, day after Ryan gets fired, to leave him out there, then to throw Whaley out there by himself, knowing the questions that are coming, to me, does not demonstrate a good function in the organization. That's where the dysfunction is coming from. They're, they think the dysfunction, when they mean dysfunction, they think we're talking about people are either infighting and they don't know what they're doing. No, the dysfunction is that nobody, your customers, your paying customers, don't know what's going on, don't know who the leader is, don't know, like you said, the face of the franchise. They may know it internally, but you have, to, you have to show. I mean, there's teams in this league who know how to do that. The Steelers, the Seahawks. You know the the you know the order of business there. You know the transition. Who's who's who? We don't know that with the Bills. Mm-hmm. To me, Doug Whaley is the head of the scouting department, and he's the GM in name to make it look good for everybody else. That they, oh, we need a general manager here, Doug. That, that should be your title, even though he's not the general manager. That should just be your that's be your title. To me, I believe fully believe that Terry Pagula is owner, general manager of Buffalo Bills. That they're running it like the Cowboys are running it, and that Doug Whaley is just the head of scouting, but or named for title sake here, you're you're the general manager. Even because a general manager, a real general manager, is privy to conversations of why the head coach got fired, and he and he has an opinion on why the head coach got fired. It just that to me just makes no sense. And Russ Brandon. Is the he is the true he's the president of football operations, and that's how that is run over there. How I how I think it's run. That's just my opinion. But when you look yeah. at it, 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 to me, 
everything you read, it looks like my opinion is the truth. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it for um, the uh, for PSE to be as polished as it is in terms of how it. I mean, they turn out the probably the highest quality content a sports oh, team can, can put fantastic. out. It's it's amazing. I mean, like I don't know yeah. if there's awards in the industry for that stuff, but they should win all of them. They do a great job. Yeah. So. Um, for them to do that stuff and then miss out on, even if, you know, they don't want to say, it, it, let's say your scenario is right, which I'm not sure it is, but let's say it right. is. Even that is the case, they should be able to, and they don't want, you know, people to either know that, you know, Pugula was the general manager as well or whatever. Um, they should be able to spin that in such a way so it's consumable by fans. Like, it, right. it's just, you know, whether he is or not, like, lie to me better. Or, or give me better smoke streams than what you're giving right. me because right now there's no smoke right. stream and it's it's just a not it's an opaque glass and I think right. I see what I'm seeing but I can't quite really fully make it out. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know if this is. I want to see this with other teams if this is the case with the saber. It looks like the saber. This is other team. I think it was asked yesterday by somebody. Or um, I think John Murphy maybe asked Pagula this. Somebody asked this. I'm not sure, but I think it was Tim Graham. It's the question that you're thinking. I think you're going to. Yeah, Tim Graham asked. Me, yes, in, in in the Sabers, it goes. Bellsmo uh, reports to Murray, who reports to Pavula. Why with the Bills? Why is the coach and the GM? Why is the coach reporting to the owner? Shouldn't the, shouldn't the coach be reporting to the general manager? Why, why does Why does the owner need? Why does the owner? I know you're the owner. It's your team. And if you have admittedly said that the X's and O's bore you and that you know, stuff like that, you know, I, I don't want to get into stuff like that and, you know, blah, 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 you know, why do you need, why does the coach need to, need to report to you? If you're truly not involved in football operations, mm-hmm. why, why does McDermott or why does these coaches, why does Rex Ryan need to, need to go to you? Here's my thought, and let's, we'll, we'll, we'll sunset this unless you have, like, yeah. some kind of, you know, uh, rebuttal or whatever, but um, my thought is, okay, they bought the Sabres in 2011, right? right. And my impression was that he was a, he was pretty hands-on, you know, um, right. at the outset, um, going on air and, you know, defending uh, Darcy or Lindy or whatever it was and, you know, all, all the right. things they did, you know what I mean? I, I I think perhaps maybe his eyes were always on the Bills, who he ended up buying for almost, like, I think, 10 times more <laughs> than what yeah. he paid for the Sabres. Right. And now I think maybe um, – the Sabres have been kind of like, okay, I've set them up. They've got a good structure in place. Um, they're kind of on autopilot in terms of the goals that they're trying to reach. The structure's in place. You know, I, I, you know, Tim Murray's, you know, some say that he's, you know, maybe one of the better GMs out there in terms of, like, laying out a plan and working it and being bold and all that jazz or whatever. I know their wins are not right where they should be. But, but he's, a, he's a competent general manager. So, um now that he's got what he really wants, he can let the Sabres be the Sabres and do what they got to do. And now I can, he can focus on this. That could be one way of thinking it, you know? Right. Um, so if he's really, if he enjoys doing stuff with the Bills more, or maybe he feels the stakes are higher with the Bills right. and that needs his attention more than the Sabres, then that might be why there's two different things because he wants to be more hands-on now that he's finally got the NFL think, team as opposed to the NHL team. I, I think a lot of it has to do with um, with the Bills I think a lot of that has to do with. Um, I think their I think their PR department is backwards. I think another one, Burchill's a lifer. He's been there forever. He's another one I think needs to be slowly pushed out. They're never in front of the story. They're always behind the story. They're constantly behind. They're never in front of it. When Rex Ryan gets fired, that day, the general manager should be 
boom, that Tuesday afternoon, meet with the media. This is what happened. This is why we're doing what we're doing. So then on Wednesday, it's, then Wednesday, it's back to normal with, okay, here's Nancy Lynn. Now those questions to Lynn are, are not, are not going to be just, you know, a, a, a free-for-all. They're never in front of the story. They're always behind the story. Always. And that's what's frustrating. Is that this PR department is never they're, – they're, they're always just a day or two behind. And that's, what's, and that's what's, you know, this perception of this function I think is coming is because – and that's where it starts. You, you fire the, the coach. You basically threw a carnival for in January of 2015. You fire him, the biggest name coach they've hired in years, and you, you get a press release, and the interim coach, that's what we get? That, to me, is what's, is, is what's frustrating. It's a fan. It seems like it's more of a mindset where the PR is being done um, in an, like a pre-social media, pre-24-7 yeah. news way. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. well, we have, you know, the news cycle is going to be tomorrow, so we need right. to get the release out, and then, you know. The news, the, the news cycle is when the minute he's fired. That's the news. That's when it starts. That's when when they when they announce on Twitter that he's that Ryan was relieved of his duties. That's when everything starts. The Bills are very active on social media, like we said. We can talk about the videos put out, the content they put out. Their Twitter account's pretty good. They're on top of it. So when they throw stuff out there, that's when the that's when the news cycle starts. The minute he's fired and the minute it's released as an official as an official thing, that's when its news cycle starts. So. That afternoon, Whaley should have been in front of the press saying, okay, this is what happened. This is why we did what we did. We're moving on. Okay, let's go. We're, we're, now we're going to the Jets. But they don't yeah, do that. Yeah, the, yeah, it's a lot easier for anybody, whether you're a PR or whatever, to, at the beginning than it is at the end, right, of, of anything. So right. it's easy to throw a carnival. It's not always easy to – it's not fun taking it down, you know. Right. <laughs> so, right. But I think that's what it is to, to wrap it up in a nutshell with – with that, I just think the PR department, um, it, in a lot of ways, they've come a long way, like you said, with all this, you know, the promotions and this, you know, uh, social media and all that stuff. Um, I, I just think that they need to get more in tune with the 24-hour news cycle than yeah. anything else. And maybe, you know what, I focus on one out of 32 teams. And it's now and then you see things like, oh, that team seems to be doing it well. But I don't analyze all 32 teams. Right. Um you know, like that. Now, um, there are experts that do on the national media landscape who had some choice comments. Uh, Jim Trotter, uh, <coughs> well, everybody, as, as the one, but yeah, everybody, team, everybody. When, when you, when you, when you, when now, when your national guys, when national media are now seeing this, because the Haley press conference really just that's when everybody really saw really touching, like, whoa, what's going on here? I think that's when the Pagula. Started realizing we, we have to, we have a PR problem here, and nothing was really. I mean, yeah, they came off with Tim Graham, they talked to the EP, um, or Pagula's on yesterday with Murphy, but that that should have been eye opening to them was the fallout of that Whaley press conference, and he kind of defended Whaley in the Graham piece where he said, um, you know, he took a lot of unnecessary flack. Well, you could prevent that flack by doing it right a week before. Like being in front of the Rex Ryan story instead of being a day, a week behind it. You know, I mean, this is, this is the same team, the same PR department, because it's the same guy. When they fired Dick Duran, they, they, they never, they never had a press conference 
and explained why Dick Ryan was fired. Ralph Wilson released a statement, whoever released a statement in Ralph Wilson's Wilson's name, and that was it. Same thing. Rex Ryan gets fired, a press release. Here comes the interim coach, and then next week, Doug Whaley's fed to the Wolves, and here we are. Do you remember when the Bills fired Dick Duran, uh and they photoshopped the team photo, so they took him out of there, yes. and then Jarris Bird had the oversized arm? Yes. Yes. That, that, yeah, exactly. That's the that, that's yeah, exactly. part we're dealing with. Still the same one. Yeah. Good at beginnings, bad at endings. So. Well, exactly. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. So now, but with McDermott, he obviously sees all this. His coaches out there, they see it. But they still take these jobs. Why? Because it still proves that these are the most coveted jobs in sports. It's one of 32, and when the money is on the table and the contract's in front of you, these coaches will always take these jobs. Even Rex Ryan. When, when Rex Ryan came here, we thought, well, why would Rex Ryan take this job? Because money talks, and it's one of 32. And that's why McDermott, who's probably the best candidate they interviewed, the best candidate probably out there, one of the best candidates out there, that's why I took this job. So we can talk about dysfunction, and we can yell about it and on Twitter and, like, why this, why that. You want to coach? You want to get me to pay? Boom. They'll come. And that's why McDermott's here. So. Yep, yep. So, okay, and, um, you know, Bree made a good point on Twitter uh, after Ryan was fired. He said, you know, when he took the, the Buffalo job over the Atlanta job, you know, he wasn't willing to wait for the Atlanta job. That said something to me. Because he gave, you know, what, what, what does everybody always say? What does, you know, Jeremy White always say? And, you know, who's the quarterback, right? You right. Know, give me a quarterback. I don't care who the coach is. And when he when he chose not to wait on Matt Ryan uh, and Julio Jones, he says that I, I had suspicions right away. <laughs> right, like, exactly. You know, decision-making or whatever else. And there's, you know, all kinds of stories. Like, he wanted, you know, Rex is, I think it was, I think it was the SI article. Somebody said how Rex is fiercely loyal. And he had all these staffers that he had to take care of from the Jets, and so he was going to take the first, you know, job that was opened up, so he could help them, you know, yeah, you know, transition over. But all right, yeah. enough of the enough of 2016 and the transition. Let's let's talk about McDermott. We're about half yeah. hour in that one. We've not yet even hit the the part that people are probably at this point most interested in. Um, but so the McDermott hire, the, the press conference was yesterday. The Bills interviewed four uh, candidates that we're aware of. You know, according to um, Terry Fagula, and I, I don't remember if Doug Whaley spoke to it or not. They have um, there were many more people involved in the search in terms yeah. of what they were looking at and everything, which makes sense, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they had probably I think they had twelve. I think they had twelve names. One thing that he he didn't say, which I wish they'd just say it. Say we had a list of names, about ten names, and these are the four that we wanted to talk to. I think that's what they were trying to convey without actually saying saying it. They had right, a list yeah. of names that they researched. I think Frank Reich, you know, those names bounced around. Mm-hmm. I think Willie Brown said, okay, here's about 12 names that we that we might be interested in, and then let's go through the maybe four or five we want to actually interview. And I think Vince Joseph was probably one they wanted to interview, but probably their agent said, look, we're going to, we're going to Denver. That's where, we, that's where we want to be. Yeah. So that took him out. Maybe Frank Reich was the name they just bounced around the room. Carol Austin was a name that showed up. Carol Austin, yes. Yeah. I think that another one named probably bounced around the room on the list, but didn't get, make it into an interview. So, boom, these are the four guys that they said could be the potential head coach, and that's why they only interviewed four. I think there was a lot more names that they looked at, 
But these, those are the final four that they actually wanted to talk to. So yeah. I need a lot yeah. more research went into it than what people are giving them credit for. Yeah, and, you know, they interviewed 10 to 12 last time around, and so I think they have an idea of, right. you know, some of the names that were even thrown yeah. around were people they interviewed just two years ago. Right, yeah, I think 10 to the 12 they interviewed last time, whatever it was, 10 to 12, because I think they first time out interviewing, they want to get some connections, see what's out there, see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think that was done more for Terry and Kim's sake than it was for, you know, Whaley and Brandon, who've been mm-hmm. around that, that loop before, so... But, I mean, Giddy McDermott, they were blown away by him the first interview. Everything you read about him, everything, you know, all the you know, Andy Reid and Ron Rivera and Mike Tomlin, they just rave about him. And then when he talked yesterday, when he – when he, just, I, I, I tweeted out, it took me 15 seconds of this guy talking for me to go, oh, my God, okay, I'm back. You, you got me. <laughs> I mean, that's all it took. When he okay. talked about his faith and his family and his um, and his brother and – that that shows you a guy. He's a, he's a guy of character. He's a guy of um, high standards. And for me, um, I know you're you're very faith driven, and I, I have no believe it or not, I've, I'm faith driven also. That's that says a lot about somebody. And you know, um, and there's some heathens on Twitter yesterday who were making fun of that, which really <laughs> annoys, it really annoys me. It really just frustrates me to see that that this guy has a certain set of beliefs, but yet people who don't believe that find it they can pick on that and i don't think that's right but that's another that's, that's another podcast <laughs> yeah I, I, yeah I saw one person and at least he followed it up with hey whatever works if they win i don't care right and i think him you know i, I like seeing that um he, he seems like a guy who when he, he he needs to only say it once and that's right it. yeah yeah he's he, and he wasn't out there like Really trying to convince anybody of anything, like and that's yeah, why he, the yeah, rest exactly. pressure went so well, is because he was telling he, everybody he, what they well, wanted exactly. to hear. He telling me what they wanted to hear. Number one defense and number number four is not good enough. We're in the number one mm. defense. And when Jerry Sullivan asked that question about the promises, and he said, "I don't have any. I'm not going to make any promises. I'm going to tell you what I'll promise you that we'll compete. We're going to play hard. But that's that's all. You, that's our thing. People were getting mad yesterday. The people who get who were mad that Rex Ryan was a, a loud mouth and said too much." The same people yesterday who were tweeting, oh, this guy doesn't say anything. It's all coach speak, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what you mm-hmm. want. That's what you want, right? Exactly. That's what you want. You, you want a guy who talks like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he seems a little dry. He's, he seems driven. That's fine. That's okay. I don't need him up there talking about, you know, I don't need him wearing a Clemson helmet and, and make, making crank phone calls to Julian Edelman. I don't want that. I want someone mm-hmm. to go up there and say, this is A, B, C, D. Thank you. Goodbye. I know the the media is have a hard time because you're going from one extreme to another. Mm-hmm. But you know what? If they win, if they win 11, 12 games, they're not going to care. I mean, I won't care. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I have a dream, but I mean, when you start winning, that's going to cure everything. Well, that, think about it. Though, like going back to like high school and, and whatever. Like, you want the coach who's like, I'm not here for anything. I just want to win some football games. You know, right. and like I don't care what you do. You know, like yeah. uh, in your free time, but when you're under my, you know. You know, when you're yeah. under my control, this is what you're going to do. Da, da, da. Like, right. Bill Belichick is the worst interview ever. Right. And look at his, both of his records. Both, yeah, look at, look at yeah. the record. So, uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. You know, the, the whole idea, there's there's two, tr- you know, trains of thought here. And either way, we don't have to get too into it because it's been said by 100 million people 100 million times. But, like, right. you have the rookie head coach who is, you know, making all his mistakes for the first time, you know, and he's an NFL yeah. coaching job, so there's no safety net. Um, then you also have the retread, and nobody wants either. 
But, <laughs> nobody wants to retread and nobody wants to be that coach. Bills, if you look at the Bills' hires during, during the drought era, and I, I, to me the drought era begins with um, Greg Williams. Wade Phillips made the playoffs just two of the three years, mm-hmm. and I, I don't count Wade Phillips in the drought run. I count, to me it goes from 2001 uh, until now. And I know they missed the playoffs in 2000, but I give Wade Phillips the pass because they, he made the playoffs. He won 21 games his first two years. But mm-hmm. look at the Bills' hires in the drought run. They went. They go back to the first time defensive coordinator Greg Williams, then the first time offensive coordinator Mike, Mike, Mike Malarkey, then the retread in Dick Duran, and then the guy who had no job out of nowhere, Chan Gailey. Then they went to the college coach in Doug Marone. Then they went back to the sexy hire in Rex Ryan. Now they circled back to the first time defensive coordinator. So we've gone full circle. <laughs> That's a great point. All right, maybe, we, maybe we've done our – our tour through hell, and now the reset yeah, exactly. button's been hit. We're now the reset button has been hit. And now you, you're going to a guy who I think I think Sullivan tweeted this out. He's McDermott's 42 when he took, took this job. I think Greg Williams is around that same age, 41, 42, when he took the Bills job. So we really have come full circle in this. And um, I think the way McDermott I, – I, I think the one player, and when I listened to him talk yesterday and just reading the, the tea leaves on him, the one player on this roster who's going to have a bit of a problem is be Marcel Darius, I think. Because I get the sense that McDermott is not going to put up with the out-of-shape suspensions. You know, that's, not going to, that's going to be a problem, I think, for 99. That's just me. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, well, that's uh, we're going to find out. It, it, it's uh, Every coach is going to want his players – Right. And you know, <clears throat> the tricky part with Marcel Darius is the highest—he's the highest-paid athlete in Buffalo sports history. Right. Um, who was given a contract with no stipulations in terms of poor behavior, which was awesome. Um, right. So you know, we're going to see how that kind of like plays out in the future. But you're right. If there's one player on the roster who may have the most difficult time with a no-nonsense guy, right. it's going to—it's going to be Marcel but Darius. The, the Bills talk about, you know, the Bills talk about uh, continuity. Like, the big thing was continuity. That's all you've heard since, like, 2009, continuity. you got to have the same guys, and you can't keep doing the changeover. How about stability? They need stability, <laughs> they, they need stability also. They, they need a guy who, who is um, – they need stability. Now, stability and continuity can be the same thing, but to me, stability is this is that coach. This is what he's in charge of. And he has a general manager. This is what he's in charge of. The owners is what he. This is what their job is. To me, you know, we talk about the press conferences and everything else and the dysfunction. I think I feel like the last two years you had a, a head coach who had too much power, a general manager who didn't know what his role was, and a team president who was just you know is just lurking over everything else. I feel like now, and it's only a day into it, but again, you read stuff and you kind of set, you see the tone of the press conference. It seems like to me that McDermott and Whaley could be on the same level. Because let's face it, when Rex Ryan came in, he was a little bit more of a of a name, a little more brought more of a swag and a power. Doesn't than, know who I am. Than Doug Whaley had in, in his years here. Ryan came with you know the, the playoff wins, and he came with the Super Bowl ring and everything else. I feel like McDermott comes with something that 
he 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 really can be on that on that same level, and maybe they can work a little bit more together. I know yesterday he was asked about who's running the fifty three, and it seems like Whaley is going to still be in charge. But I feel like McDermott and him will be more on the same page than Rex Ryan was, because when Rex Ryan wanted a guy to build one, got him. I don't mm-hmm. think if I, let's put it this way, I don't think if a player if a if a if a Sean McDermott player in Carolina punched Cam Newton in the face, I don't think that that player would be on the Bills the next day. You saw what I'm saying? <laughs> like what, they, they, I can't. Apply, I don't think that would happen now. Yeah, I forgot so, all about you, that, man. You, you, but, you get my point? Like, yep. If if somebody punched Cam Newton on the Panthers in training camp and they got cut the next day, I don't see McDermott saying, "Oh, I want that guy. He's gonna yeah. bring him in here." I don't yeah. see. Although that the league would be cool with it because they're not too concerned about. Cam Newton or his right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, the league would be fine. Like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you understand what, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I think they would be a little bit. I think they might be a little more think of what needs to happen here, and that's where yeah. the stability would come in. Where like, okay, McDermott will suggest this, and then Whaley would say, okay, we'll up this, and then they could find a thing. Where I felt like where the last time it was, Rex Ryan saying, "Give me that guy. I want that guy. No, give me that guy. Give me that guy. That guy. That guy." Mm-hmm. And Whaley's like, "Well, no, that guy. I want that guy." And that's what happened. Yeah. Look at the, look at the so, draft. Their first, their first three picks were all defense. These are the guys that Rex Ryan wanted. I'm not saying they were bad picks, but I wonder if I wonder if the head coach was McDermott and that Shaq Lawson was on the board. They knew Shaq Lawson had a shoulder problem. I wonder if they would say, eh, you know, maybe we'll go somewhere, let's go somewhere else with this pick. But he went to Clemson. My son but went to Clemson. Clemson. He knows he's a good guy. Exactly. <laughs> he went to Clemson. That's a, that's our issue. You into that's right. So I just wonder if that's where stability will come in, where there's a little bit more of a cohesion on on, on what they do. Yeah, that's, well, well, that's all we can do is hope for it. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and and, and I think the big thing, that I'm sure, it was discussed in their, their seven-hour interview, was the Tyrod Taylor situation. What we do with Tyrod? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be a little more more back-to-back on that. I agree with the Bills benching Tyrod Taylor. I, I agree with that. They should have set him down on week 17. But how they did it and firing a coach over it, that wasn't the, that wasn't a good look. Right, yeah. And real quick to wrap up, because I do want to talk about Tyrod, to yeah. wrap up the Sean McDermott thing. I mean, it sounds like we're both great with the hire. You know, um, I, I tweeted yesterday, like, okay, this is cool. Um, just, you know, uh, I'm going to wait till see how it plays out on the field instead of getting excited and defending this guy already. Um, yeah. which is, but just don't punt inside the opponent's like 40, dude. Please just don't do that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm scarred at this point of coaches doing that. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think he'll, be, I think he'll, he'll be a little bit more. Uh, well, you know, he comes from Andy Reid, so maybe I don't know. We'll see. You, 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 yeah. you, 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 you don't know. You, you gotta see. I, I gotta think that the defensive, co- yeah, I'm not gonna hold it against him right now. Yeah, I think the defensive coordinator is more apt to do that because he's okay with putting the game in the hands of his defense. But right. yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, it won't be a, a hard, fast line that I'll right. hold to. But um, I just it'd be cool, like you know, a little bit of you know guts, or whatever. But at the end of the day, he can punt all day as long as he wins. I don't care. All right. So, all right. So Tyrod. Yeah. Um, we have what is considered by some the best quarterback since Drew Bledsoe, maybe even before mm. that. I'm just mm. I, by some, by some, mm. by some. And uh, we have also someone who is never going to perform clutch and can't really – has a lot of great highlights that people can showcase and make gifts of on, on Twitter. But 
uh, when you watch, you know, 16, I'm sorry, 15 games <laughs> yeah. in a given yeah. season, uh, you have a better feel for the game he plays. Um, one more point is that this was only his second season starting in the NFL. Right. So he's had the opportunity to watch film right. and to, to go through practices for, right. you know, since 2011, but this was only his second season starting. So right. all that said, yeah. um, where do you stand on Tyron Taylor? Somewhere in the middle of what you just kind of said. I don't think he's the <laughs> best quarterback. You know what? You look at the quarterbacks who come through here, maybe he's the best quarterback they've had since Brett, though. Maybe he is. It's, you, not, you, it's you, not a high bar. It's, it's not, not a high bar. bar. The, bar is very, the bar is so low, it's still on the ground rolling on the floor. That's all the bar is. So, yeah, maybe he is the best quarterback they've had since Bledsoe. Um But I feel like they can do better. You can, you can always do better. And, look, at you, the, the Brady – Breeze, Roethlisberger's, that's that's the bar. But these are those are all time, those are just all time greats. Mm-hmm. We're talking. You, need, you, just, you just mentioned three probably future Hall of Famers. Hall of Famers, right? Exactly. You need somewhere. You need you look for somebody like a Matt Ryan, uh, Cam Newton type, where they're big, big arm, who can just you know who can just throw, make the throws over the middle, make the tight throws. Lead you down the field to, to to come back and win. You need the Tyrod Taylor. You need you need 15 games of how he looked like against Miami or against Seattle in the second half against Seattle. That was a big. I mean, that, the, the game against Seattle was he was so good in that game. It, it was like that's the quarterback you want. That's what we signed up for. What, what on national TV. <laughs> on national TV, made the throws. Oh, he was just going. He was going. It was all over the place. He made Marquise Goodwin look good. I mean, he was just making all the right throws. This is a tough spot. I, I think you really, you know what? If you if you get him at less than what they're guaranteeing him for thirty million, if they can redo it, then yeah, bring him back. So I would say they have to bring. They, they probably should bring him back because you know what? Mm. You're not going to do. You're really not going to do better. I mean, you can you can draft a guy, which they, they they probably will in the first or second round, but you probably should bring him back. I, what, what else are you going to do? I mean, you're going to get we're going to bring in Brian Hoyer, Jay Cutler. Never bring in Jay Cutler. Oh gosh, no, please, please don't. Right, I, 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 I would take I would take two more years of Tyrod Taylor than just one year of Cutler. I do not want yeah. Jay Cutler anywhere near this. No, not Cutler. You know, Tony, <laughs> Tony Romo's not coming here. He, he'll go somewhere where a little more um, team that's ready to you know make that next step. Mm-hmm. I don't. What what else are you going to do? He's the only, yeah, he's, the best, well, he, he's the best. He's the best option out there, but I don't think he's worth thirty million. If they can bring him back for less than that, that's fine. But if he's stuck, if he doesn't do that, or he wants that thirty million, then they gotta let him go. You know what? Then we'll just you know. Move on. And I think that one thing that people I've tweeted about this a couple of times. You know, one thing that people have blinders on is that the team should not be in this position. It's right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, exactly. <laughs> why did they sign him to that contract? They didn't have why? to sign him to any contract. Nothing. That's the point. Not know, I, would, exactly. you know, I was excited when they did it. Then you start learning about all these caveats. Like, uh, okay, well, I hope he balls out this year. But like, they didn't. They could have. Look what I mean. The the the, the Ravens friggin' did that with Joe Flacco. Right. You know, the, 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 even I guess the the, the Broncos did so, it with Osweiler. You know, the Redskins the, the Redskins you know, did it with Kirk Cousins. They just gave him <laughs> a franchise. Yes. That's the, just, that's the guy I was thinking. I don't know why Brock Osweiler yeah. came to mind. It was Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. That's what the Redskins did. Why did the Bills sign him to that contract? Why? 
Why? No, it, and no one, it, even if you want to sign a real contract, why would you put yourself, you know, because behind the eight ball like that? This is what this is what we're talking about about the dysfunction and the the, 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 the front office. The, the lifers there, Overdorf, they, they don't know. It's they're stupid. We just, I'm, they're dumb. It, <laughs> it was the stupidest thing they honestly could have done. The, with the, no, the, the Marcel Darius contract is bad. Was it's the worst contract ever. It's awful. And then this one with Tyrod Taylor was just terrible. It should have been okay, Tyrod. Yeah, we want you. You're you're going to be a guy. Oh, by the way, just one more year. Let's see. Let's see what happens. And, then and even go, if. Go and even what's if he balls out, like, okay, franchise tag him. Right. You know if he, if, what's the rush? You can make this happen. You can do right. it. And they could have paid him, they could have paid him one, was it 1.5 or $1.75 million this past yes. year? And then they would have been on the hook for whatever the franchise tag amount is, if it's $20 million or $17 million or whatever. That's about what the cap hit would be if they kept him back, if they brought him back next year anyways. You know, a thirty million guarantee is like right, right exactly for two years or something. So now, so, like, so now, now, now they're taking themselves in the corner where it's thirty million guaranteed, or they're going to say, uh, "Oh, by the way, we're going to take this away. How about this number?" And they're going to do a little dance. How about this number? Look at it. ha ha ha, new coach, new yeah. coordinator. He's, and he's, then, he's crazy if he if he um, if I'm his uh, renegotiates with them. He's crazy. Exactly. If, if, if I'm his agent, if I'm him, I would say, "Ask you, I want my thirty million." If I'm staying here, and that's exactly what I would tell them. Like, no, no, yeah. I want my thirty million. And I mean, I really believe, that, like, and I say it good for him. Um, that whole, that whole Snapchat thing where he had the surgery and everything, like, yeah. that was a troll job. That was oh, a troll job through and through. You know, of course it was. Of course it was. <laughs> and, and then, and then he and he was back there. I mean, on the Snapchat, and I know, I think Willie or McDermott said at his press conference that you no, know, he just met Tyrod Taylor. Taylor was there, working out, doing rehab at the Bills facility mm-hmm. yesterday. So he he is he is back in town. It's just the contract was just so bad. This is what I'm talking about, like, how dumb they are. Like, why? Why? What was the like and, and, and everybody has blinders on. Like, well, if you keep him, you have to save $30 million. I, You've got to pay him $30 million. Like, I know that. Why? Why do right, why? Why do they have to do that? Because the same oh thing as the, the Fitzpatrick thing. They they brought in the Fitzpatrick signed that contract. The season went down. And it just seemed, Tyra, I don't know. It was just. It, I don't know what it is. If, if it helps with marketing or something like that, but. If this is a position that you have struggled with right. for 20 years, why right. why can't you just like why can't you give that more attention than anything else? Like right. okay, whatever happens, we have to right. get this right. And so the, for them, the, the, just twice the buyers now, remorse. Fitzpatrick, right. Yeah, and now twice now with Fitzpatrick and now Tyrod Taylor. It's, right. You can't. It just, there's got to be clinics out there for NFL people to go to to learn how to write contracts that don't screw your franchise over for X number of years. In the right. And it's like, I just don't, because you know what it is, I think a lot of this is that there's two big clouds, massive clouds, hanging over the Bills organization. Big ones. One of them is the drought. And the other one, other one is the quarterback. And both cloud judgment. Mm-hmm. They're, they're both, both the clouds and the clouds are clouding their judgment on what to do right. I think a lot of that has to do with the panic of not even the franchise quarterback. So we're like, oh, well, this guy, he played well. Let's let's get him signed up. He's, you know, we think he deserve it. Let's get him signed. And then the drought with the free agents and the drafts and getting Sandy Watkins and Rex Ryan and all these guys, they, it just, it, it these two big things make them do irrational, irrational I think, judgments. I think you and I, in a text conversation, talked about this, like how the Bills have, a gaping wound, and yes. they keep trying to put bandages over it. Yes, right. and, and that's and what, what happens. What happens to bandages after you wear them 
for so many days. They start to yeah, fall off they, and they wear off. They get nasty. Smelly. And this is what's happening. It's smelly. <laughs> and this is what's happening. They're, they're putting Band-Aids over a, a gash. And, and what's frustrating is – go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you know, and, and it's not working. What they have to do and what they should have done and after the season was over, this is when the plug should have been pulled. I think if they would have just pulled the plug on a lot of this stuff, myself, the fan, I think a lot of the smart fans have said, yeah, you know what, this is fine. Take a couple steps back, regroup. Because if they said, okay, no, Whaley's fired, Brandon, you got, these are gone, and we're going to just, you know what, we're completely gutting this, I would say that's fine, that's fair, do it, because it needs to be reset. Because mm-hmm. even now, the McDermott hire is great. You know that there's still that, that drought is just still over their head. And even mm-hmm. though they talk about it, they don't really fully own it. Even the Pagoulas don't fully own it. So, yes, we have you, – you said it we, we, another tech conversation we had. When, you, when, the state, when the Pagoulas bought this, they bought everything. You can't mm-hmm. just buy – you can't just buy this and say, okay, you know what? We're going to go on you – know, we want to own the past with the, the Super Bowl teams, but we don't want to own the drought. We'll sit up on stage for Bruce's <laughs> retirement number. We're going to sit up on stage for Bruce Smith's retirement number. But we're not going to. But the drought only started two years ago. No, actually, it started 17 years ago. You want to buy the yep. you want to buy the bills? Then you bought you bought the 90s, and you also bought this drought. So if they, right. if, yep. they, if, they if they if they would just say, you know what, we try with Rex Ryan, we, we try to go all in the last two years um, with you know, the free agents and this this and that. You know what? It didn't work. We're starting over. And if thank goodness we we're in a league where where you can, yes, it's you're pretty just, easy to turn yeah, around if exactly. you stick to whatever plan. Right, exactly. You know, right. So, okay, McDermott. I still feel like McDermott's not. He's not the sexy hire. He's not a Rex Ryan. I think they'll have a little more patience with him. Um, so, I thought we talked about in the beginning about the roster turnover. I think we have a, a new, a new roster, a complete looking team. But what I mean, just restart it. Restart to me means new GM. You know, they got that new coach, but a new GM. Um, get rid of Brandon. Get rid of something. Just, just a complete overhaul. And they still yeah. haven't, they did it the Sabres. I just wish they'd do it here. Because you're, like you said, you're in a league where you can do it. it it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's allowable. You can turn around quick. And I think that, I think that, I think once McDermott starts going and you start seeing the guys they bring in, uh, for agency and draft, I, I think we'll start to see a little bit of, of a rebuild, um, as far as, you know, far, bringing, bringing in guys, Bringing a, bringing a staff who has a lot more experience, you know. Let's, let's be honest. I know Chris Palmer and you know, David Lee. These guys have experience. Dennis Thurman's only experience was with Rex Ryan. Mm-hmm. Rob Ryan was just a bad coach. Mm-hmm. Now you've seen the staff that he's building. You know, Juan Castillo has been around forever. He's been with you know. He started with the Bills with Marv Levy. You know, um, and then he went to you know work with Andy Reid and Jim Johnson and Sean McDermott with Jim Johnson. Right there. You're to see a staff that's a little bit more well groomed. And a little bit more, like Leslie Frazier, right? Yeah, that's, Leslie that's, Frazier. That's, that's a great hire. Like, right, oh. exactly. You're going to see you're going to get an offensive coordinator who's probably maybe a Brad Childress who's been a, a head coach's league. Even Alex Pelt, that's the guy who I mentioned um, two weeks ago, a week not a week ago, two weeks ago, two days ago, and now Thurman Thomas this morning or yesterday tweeted ADP. Now you're, you're seeing some stirrings of Alex maybe Alex Pelt. Here's the guy. He started in Buffalo. But now he's got his feet wet under Mike McCarthy, and he's been around the league. Around the league, a little more stability, and guys who can help more of a, of a, a rebuild without actually saying the words "rebuild." 
Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. that's what needs. I think that's what needs to happen. I wish they would have just came out and just not said it, but you know what I mean. Like just be a little more. We own it. We didn't do this the right way. Now we're starting completely new. And I hope. I'm not a big Doug Willie fan. You see me on Twitter. I'm not a big Doug Willie fan. I think he needs to go. To me, he's he's the problem. And I just wish that they would have gone that different direction. But again, like I said earlier, I think now he can be a little more on the level with McDermott, and they can they'll see things a little more clearly. And not have that Rex Ryan, whatever he was, hanging over them. Yeah, yeah. No. We'll, 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 I, I, in the short term, Willie's not going anywhere. So, uh, you know, I Rex do Brandon, think he, he, he could he could be. I, I think Willie could be a lame duck. I think it's it's if they miss the playoffs again this upcoming season, which I think they will. I don't think they're going to playoffs again this year, this season. I think that Whaley is on a very. I think he could be on a short leash. I think yeah, McDermott, then, McDermott has connections in this league where. If they go to Whaley, I think McDermott could find them, help find them a GM that he can work, he can work with together next season. So that's what I think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll see. I mean, ideally you want to have it so that the it, well, maybe it doesn't matter because we, you know, we've as we've just said the org structure is different where the, you know, um, both uh, uh, report directly to uh, the ownership. So maybe you know I always think like, well, the GM should find the, the coach, and but they don't have that structure where the Owner reports through the GM, so maybe it's they are a little bit more interchangeable in that fashion. But yeah, I think I think that's what I think that's what it's up where it is a lot more interchangeable, where it's easy to get rid of Whaley without getting rid of the coach. So I'll tell you what, I said this on Twitter, I do not want to go through another coaching change in the next year. They just, I, I just hope this works out because I can't deal this deal with this every January. I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather I, January. I just don't want to deal with it. I just. You get yeah, it's, it's, it's becoming too easy. I think even uh, I think when they finished the questions, they started doing the Photoshop, uh, Photoshop photo shoots. Yeah. I think I could be wrong. I think Burchell even said like, "Okay, we're gonna take the table down, and then we can do some photo shoots like we always do, or something like something like that." Like it's like this is becoming routine, guys. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> it like, should be routine. We should not be good at this. We should not be like right. A coaching change should happen really like, once every five years. I mean, look at the Bengals. Bad the Bengals have been. I mean, Marvin Lewis has been there since two thousand and. Two, three, something like that. Yeah, I think it was two thousand three I mean, because it was during one the, of the Bills hiring. The Bills, yeah, the Bills hired. Yeah, I wanted yeah. them to get Marvin Lewis, which he'd still be right. here apparently. Well, not maybe. Yeah, not. maybe Mike not. Brown is still, but, right, but that's the the Bengals have been. They've been up. That's you just you just stick with them. And I wish they, I, I get why they got rid of Ryan and you no know, Marone with the opt out clause fine, but McDermott. I just hope this works out because I don't want to go through this in two years. I don't want to go through it in three years. I don't want to go through it. In 2021, you know what? It, it, it's, yeah. Um, one thing is, I, I, Mike Tomlin is probably my favorite head coach in the NFL. That you know. Yeah. Pr- one thing that he has going for him is that it, over the past like 30 years or 25 years, like he's only like the third, third. coach. You know, like third Noel to Coward. Chuck Noel was hired. Yeah, Chuck Noel was hired. I think in 1960. Seven sixty eight. Yeah. So in my lifetime, there's only been three coaches of the Steelers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, of the Steelers in yeah. my children's lifetime. Uh, I, I, I don't want to do the math. There's that many coaches for the Bills. So um, look, at, look, look at the AFC. Let's look at the AFC East since Belichick was hired. I mean, the, oh my the Jets, I saw a stat the, somewhere like the number of uh, coaches that have been uh, yeah. on in the division since he got hired. Right. We know we know all the Bills head coaches, and the Dolphins have gone through Tony Sperano and Adam Gase. And um, Dave Joe Philbin, Joe Philbin, Dave Wanstat, uh, Jimmy 
It's a long yeah, list. No, no, it's a long list. I mean, the Jets, same thing. Herm Edwards, Eric Mangini, you know, Rex Ryan, you know, and the, um, obviously the Bills. The Patriots, one, one guy. That's it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the quarterback. But, I was about to say, it helps when you've right, got it. Yeah, exactly. But you know what I'm saying? The, the, the coaching turnover. It, in the league, I think it's a league-wide problem. I mean, when, when Bill Bryan, when the Texans won last week, the owner had to actually come out and say, he will be our coach next year. Like, really? Like, you need to come out and say that? that yeah. That's where we are. And that's where we are in the NFL, where now owners, at the end of the season, have to say, we're keeping this guy. Nope. We're, we're going to get rid of him. You know, it, it's not. The, There's the problem is, the NFL is. It's a win now. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but it's also a victim of its own success, where yes. there are so many eyeballs on it. Like, yes. if you don't win right away, then it, it, the communities that support these teams are in my opinion, yeah. guilty as charged, way too dialed in. We, to, oh, we all are. I mean, look it up. And, yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty, but I'm, I'm oh, way yeah. too dialed into what the inner machinations of this football yeah. team. You know, you look, you look, yeah. And social media, the age we live in now, where it's social, it's social media, and these – and now we, we – I'm guilty of it. When the Bills tweet something, you know – and it looks a bad look. I'm the first one to jump on and say, "Oh my God, why are you tweeting this?" Or you know, whatever. I feel bad for that intern or for that pe- for that person running that Twitter account because when they put something out there, they're just doing their job. You know what I mean? They're putting out content that they think that you want to see or read. And it, even though it might come off to us something that may not like, why are you tweeting this? Uh, what did the Bills tweet like? Oh, about the, the, the running attack being number one in the league. They keep bragging about that. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, with that, with that kitchen. Another year's out the playoffs, seven wins. Mm-hmm. And that poor person sitting behind that Twitter account is like, okay, I got, I got to put this out there. You know, we got to show them what we did. We got to, you know. And then the men- their mentions are just, <laughs> like, just, it's funny to read what people write. It is funny. But I just feel bad for that person sitting on the other end of it because they're like, they got to scroll through that. Or their phone just blows up or their <laughs> iPad or whatever just explodes with just, you know, all so the hopefully. Hopefully that person has enough ability to separate their own personal. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I, I want to know. I want to be there. I would love to. I would love. And I know you have connections. Get me inside that room. Get me that person. Because I want to sit there with them when they go through those mentions. I want to see what they actually think. Or if they're laughing. It has to be. I would be just laughing. Like, look at this, people. Or you're hitting mute a lot. Just mute, 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 mute. Yeah, I, had, I think I would um, do that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, absolutely. I uh, that would be funny though. I'd be almost afraid to because the way everything is hacked into and everything, like, oh, those are muting fans, blah 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 blah. Like, I do that, like it's showing up somewhere someday, Russia or somebody, right? <laughs> but I, I, don't know, I, um, I just feel bad for those people behind the truth because that's what the age we live in now. Where everything is so much chance. We talked about earlier about the bills be always being behind the story in the social media. They're not. They're never in front of it. Uh-huh. And it kind of shows up. It kind of shows up on their Twitter account too that they're just, you know, they're not. They, yeah. Sometimes, well, the person like, handling the Twitter, obviously, you know that. The person right. handling the Twitter, or Facebook post, like they're they're not in any way. They're yeah. not creating the message. They're just delivering the message. They're, they're deli- that. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's doing a job. But sometimes I feel like they don't take the temperature of the room. They don't really feel, you know, they they, they know what's going on. The person who runs the Bill Twitter account, the people who run the Bill social media. They're not. They know what's going on. They, they know that this. They, the Bills aren't good. They know that number seven wins, another missed playoffs. Fans are upset, and they just put stuff out there at the worst time. Sometimes it's like, oh, <laughs> this is what you're putting out so, <laughs> now. Yeah. Right now. One thing. Yeah. Um, if anybody who's listening, 
um, a couple years ago, I did an interview with Dallas Miller, who yeah, yeah. Uh, is no longer with the team. He works for, the, I think, he works for the, the uh, Little League now, like actually yeah. in Pennsylvania. Um, I did an interview with him on here. Uh, we actually did it in uh, uh, my friend Pumice's studio and everything. It was like a real little interview. It was cool. <laughs> with headphones and microphones and everything. And uh, uh, he, he provided some insight. I, I mean, at the time, I think the team didn't have quite as many interesting things to talk about as they do now. Right. Um, Buddy Nix maybe was still with the manager at this point. Maybe it was Doug Whaley. But, like, um, if anyone's ever interested in getting, you know, some perspective on that, um, I'd, I'd, you know, um, I'd recommend giving it a listen. He's a great guy, awesome dude, uh, provided some insight into what it might be like, um, you know, with uh, uh, running a, an NFL uh, Twitter account wow. and, and yeah. social media stuff. Um, but, uh, so, yeah, just a little plug for that. But I think it was in 2014, so that definitely would have been Doug Whaley was the manager at that point. We had our, our QB, our heir apparent in EJ. So um, definitely, you know, I, I wasn't didn't have the ability or, or need right. to ask him questions about, like, what's it like when everything's on fire? <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy how, it's, it's crazy how this two years ago, like, how Twitter has changed. It's in two years. How much oh, it, gets, yeah. it, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and slowly to get bigger as we as we you know go on here. Two years ago, you're asking totally different questions than you would now. I mean, completely different questions. Yeah, you know, because I don't think you're able to mute people back in 2014. Because you mute people, no. did you? Did you? Uh, you know, it's just uh, yeah. The best thing you, is being able to mute a conversation. Because you don't want to meet the right. person, but you definitely want you, you to meet the conversation. conversation. Like, we talk about something like, I don't want to hear this anymore. Just meet the right. conversation. And that way, you're not muting somebody forever because you, you meet somebody, you're going to forget. And then oh, yeah, I, I did that. Somebody tweeted me about, well, which the Bills do about quarterback or drafting. And then I'm, I am I answered. And then next thing I know, my people are just chiming in. I'm like, I don't want to hear it. Mute. <laughs> I think I think now during with the draft coming up and for agency, I'll be doing a lot of muting conversations and muting of people because everybody's gonna have an opinion. And the hot takes will be flowing, flowing like lava. So, <laughs> but I think the so, Bills are in a good. I think the Bills are in a good spot. I think I like the hire. I think the, things and obviously we've been saying it's about 2006. Things can only go up. Um, I think to sum up what what we think here, I think Bailey McDermott will have a little bit better. Of dialogue, of, of, of better vision of what they want to do, better than Ryan and Whaley. I think the Bills still need to get a little more stability in the front office. You know, make sure the power structure is a little bit set to where I think it should be, and let's get Russ Brandon. Let's let, let's move him more out of sight. I, I don't <laughs> want to see him in the video. Let's move him a little bit more away because it's, it's, to me, it's, there's no. Is that is that coincidental that the, he's a president of two teams and both teams just really aren't good? So yeah, well you know at the end of the day, I just want them to win. I don't care if they you know, yeah. if they hire, I don't care who they hire. <laughs> In there, just let's let's start winning. And I'm so sick of even just right now when you were saying that, I was just thinking I'm so sick of of paying too much paying so much attention to the front office and the people who are making the decisions. I really just I would prefer just to like. Get angry about somebody, um, yeah, forgetting forgetting to contain when they're on defense right. or something like that. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I agree. I'm done. I'm done with. The, the, we should not have this this much talk about to function the front office for an NFL team. Um, I know the Eagles are new at this, but they have 
they, they, they've been around, I know it's only two years, but two years should be long enough to see how it's actually done. So, yeah, it's a long time. If you know, it's a long time. Two, yeah, it is a long time. Especially NFL. There's only 32 other ones. There's only 31 others like you. And you're at these owner meetings, and you're seeing how it's done. You're seeing which, you know which teams are successful and which teams aren't. Um, so I think hopefully McDermott will bring st- not just continuity, but he brings stability, and he brings a little bit more of this is how we're going to do things. This is how it's going to be. Like, brings a system. Like, Belichick is a system. McDermott's mm-hmm. like, okay, this is our system. This is how we're going to run things. And to find people who are going to run it like this. And, that's how and let's get, let's get him a quarterback. If it's Tyrod, if it's whomever, let's get him a quarterback. Yeah. It, at the end of the day, the offense wasn't right. The offense was not the problem last year. You know, not to get into that because you know we're wrapping up here. But yeah, you know, real quickly, real quickly on that about Tyrod. When they mentioned Tyrod Taylor, he didn't really give him again. You if you have not yet heard the vote of confidence from the Bills front office on Tyrod Taylor, which mm-hmm. tells me um, that they may be moving on in a different direction. I just don't know what direction that is because I don't see anybody out there better. Than what than what he has so right yeah exactly I, I I you know it's not my money it's not my job to figure out the cap but from a personnel standpoint I hope they keep him you know uh, until they can find his replacement keep bringing dudes in every year draft the guy and they're gonna I, yeah I definitely think the, we talk about don't yeah. hand him the keys to the car but like all right 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 now you know uh, you're you you've got it but we're gonna keep yeah. bringing people in and if you're if you are what you believe you are. In terms of yeah. the, the guy for this franchise, you're going to be the mouse, so you have nothing to worry I, about. They're, they're definitely going to bring. They're definitely going to bring in. They're definitely going to draft a guy within the first two rounds. I think. I, I really, I really think that the first, the first two picks, one of the first two picks, will be, um, will be a quarterback because they, they have to. Because I, mm-hmm. I think Manuel's gone. Um, if Tyrod's gone, they're going to have to bring in. You know, probably. I, I think they're going to go in into camp with four quarterbacks: Cardell Jones, a veteran. Maybe a couple of rookies. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's yep. going to end up happening. If, if obviously Either, if Taylor is gone, if Taylor is back, it'll be Cardell Jones, a draft pick, and Tyrod Taylor. And maybe even like a free agent. Guy maybe 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 free agent. But I think if I think if Taylor is gone, a free agent draft gone. guy. I mean, free agent. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're going to bring if, if Taylor is gone, they're going to bring in three other quarterbacks on top of what they have in Cardell Jones, and that mm-hmm. and let and have a, a battle for the the three with one man being out. Yeah, so well, part I, of the reason I, I don't. I, I don't think Cardell Jones will be the um, the guy in 2017. I think he'll be the backup to whoever will be the starter. Yeah, he's definitely a long term project, and you know, even yeah. when they brought him in at the end of the game a couple weeks ago, I was like, oh, just let him. No, just no. Just yeah. let him. Let him. No, I, just I was not a fan. I was not a fan of that at all. They should not have played him at all in 2016. They should. Mm-hmm. They should let Manuel just finish that game. It was. Yeah. It was already ugly. Just let him finish it. What, what, I mean, yeah. 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 What, what, are you, what are you doing? So, why bring? Why even risk them and bring them in? So well, we'll see. So. But we should do that. We should do this again around draft time, so we can get you know. Then we'll get more of the draft. I know you're not really big in the, the college football where I am, but you have a nice little college football uh, draft discussion. We can kind of. Yeah, I would out. like that because I, I'm definitely into the Bills' needs, and yeah. you're into so, the, the people that can hopefully help yeah. fill them. So yeah. maybe we'll do a short one around free agency or yeah, absolutely. Um, even maybe one just to, to do both or whatever. But yeah. this was good. Thanks for uh, good. taking the time. I always enjoy yeah. uh, having these conversations with you. Yeah, um, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, I'll see you on the timeline, and I'm sure I'll be venting at you through some text like I often do. <laughs> let's absolutely keep that going for sure. <laughs> All right, dude. All right, Del. All right, take care. Go All right, Bills, buddy. and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, see you. Bye.